guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So I want to start off this week's study of the Come Follow Me with a favorite story of mine. I probably even shared it before. It's from Elder and Sister Holland, specifically Sister Patricia Holland, back when she and Elder Holland would do BYU devotionals, back when he was president of BYU. There's one particular talk that stood out to me, and this is Sister Holland speaking just in the tender way that she would. She said this, Recently, we experienced the worst windstorm bountiful, Utah, the seen in several decades. Just as I was hearing news reports of semi-trucks, 20 of them being blown over on the roadside. I looked out my lovely back window down toward our creek and saw one of our large trees go down with a crash. For a moment, I confess I was truly fearful. It was very early in the morning and Jeff was just leaving for the office. I said to him, do you think this is the end? Is it all over or about to be? And look at what she says here about Elder Holland. My husband, who has deep faith and endless optimism, took me in his arms and said, no, but wouldn't it be wonderful if it were? Wouldn't it be wonderful if Christ really did come and his children really were ready for him? Wouldn't it be terrific if evil was finally conquered once and for all and the Savior of the world came down in the midst of the new Jerusalem to wipe away every tear from every eye? Yes, my husband said, in a lot of ways, I wish it were the end. But it's not. It's just a stiff windstorm and bountiful. We've got more work to do. And so I love that. Again, that optimism. We're going to kind of take that theme for the whole week. It's like, yeah, the Savior's second coming is going to happen. Is it going to happen today or tomorrow? Yeah, probably not. We still have a lot of work to do. So the context of this is you get into Joseph Smith Matthew, which is an interesting book. Uh, The Come Follow Me explains very well what Joseph Smith Matthew is. It says, Joseph Smith Matthew, located in the Pearl of great price is the Joseph Smith translation of the last verse of Matthew 23 and all of Matthew 24. Joseph Smith's inspired revisions restore precious truths that have been lost. Verses 12 to 21 refer to the destruction of Jerusalem anciently, and verses 21 to 55 contain prophecies about the last days. Now, Jesus is talking, the context here, he's talking to his apostles about the destruction of the temple, the impending destruction of Jerusalem. If you were there, you honestly would be a little worried. I know I would. In fact, the first three verses, he kind of outlines a lot of stuff that's going to happen. Verse number four, you've got these apostles just going, ah, okay, what do we do? Jesus left them and went upon the Mount of Olives, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be which thou hast said concerning the destruction of the temple and the Jews? And what is the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world, or the destruction of the wicked, which is the end of the world? So there are those two questions they want to know is when and what. Okay, so when are these things going to happen and what are the things that we should look for? So I love how Jesus gives the answer to the when. This is wonderful. You go all the way down to verse 46. What I say unto one, I say unto all men, watch therefore, for you know not at what hour your Lord doth come. They're probably like, great. That's not what I I wanted a time. I wanted to know, right? This is, you don't know. You just need to watch. But then you've got the what, like what are some things that we need to look for, which most of this chapter talks about that. In fact, you get into just the first few verses right there. If you were one of the apostles, I know I would freak out when you see things like, ye shall be hated of all nations, verse number seven. Many shall be offended, shall betray one another, hate one another. Many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive 
receive many. And verse 10, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That's kind of a scary thing to think about, but we're seeing that happen today, right? Those prophecies that Jesus gave back then are being fulfilled today. We're seeing a lot of that happening. We're going to spend the next couple days kind of focusing on that. I do love what is taught in verses 11 through 13, but he that remaineth steadfast, that's one of the great qualities that I hope and I pray that I can be able to have is during the midst of the craziness is to be steady, steadfast. He that remaineth steadfast and is not overcome, the same shall be saved. Verse 12, therefore ye shall see the abomination of desolation. That's a prophecy back in Daniel. Then you shall stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them who are in Judea flee into the mountains. Whenever I see the mountains, I always think temple. So I want to connect those two verses together. You stand in the holy place and you flee to the mountain. Now, obviously, the temple is a wonderful place to be able to think about right there. The temple, the Old Testament mountain, where you go to that higher and holier place to be able to see things more clearly. So last year, I did an episode for section 87 of the Doctrine and Covenants, which does say stand in holy places and be not moved. Well, as I did this, we were in the middle of a pandemic. We were coming down off the pandemic, actually. And I had asked the question, what are some things that you do to be able to stand in holy places when you are not able to attend holy places? Because there was a, a great amount of time where we did not get a chance to be able to go to the temple, and we had to find a way to be holy, to be able to have holy thoughts, to be able to have holy practices, and to be able to make ourselves that holy place. Well, in that episode, what I did is I asked people, I said, what did you do during the pandemic to be able to do that? And there are some great responses that I received. One person said, indexing and family history work at home became a holy place and an experience for me. Okay. So doing that family history work. Here's another one. During the pandemic, when we couldn't go to physical church or temple, my holy place was being together with my whole fam and just playing games and hanging out. Okay, that can be a, a holy place. Here's another one. Holy places are each of us in righteousness, fasting and prayer, studying the scriptures, attending church, temple service, fulfilling and magnifying our callings, seeking revelation, sharing the gospel, being kind and being forgiving. So that idea of, like it says in verse number 12, that stand in the holy place and flee to the mountain. When you can't go to those places, you got to make all around you that holy time. And I, and I love that idea of just making us the holy place. And as you do those things, regardless of all of the chaos that is going on around you, you can have holy thoughts, holy practices, and make yourself that holy place. Now, there's other prophecies that we're going to talk about tomorrow that I think tie very closely into that idea. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.